Welcome to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly. I used to say center council instead of center console. And I had to stop because of the cyberbully. I was like, okay. And Liz. You know, we always just think, you know, when one third of your comments are going to be pointing out the one thing you did wrong, it's engagement. You know? It's engagement. It's engagement. So it's it's all going to work out. Your mom time off starts now. Welcome back to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. You guys. We have a huge, huge interview. It's giving milestone. It it really is. <laughs> Kelly was like, we'll tell you guys all about our Montana trip, but not on this episode. But um, Kelly was like bragging in Montana. To, to, I know. To I was all, like everyone there about who we were going to have on the podcast. I know. And then I was like, oh, I really hope this goes through because like that'd be so embarrassing if it didn't. So, Kelly, who do we who are we interviewing? We're interviewing Doug Jamuro. And if you don't know who he is, he's the biggest car reviewer in the world. Uh, in the country. And yeah, I don't we don't know about you know the world and all the all the different no, reviews. Like, but he he's like the biggest deal. Like from day one when we well when Kelly started the car mom and we were looking at what other reviewers are do, are doing, it was like Doug is the pinnacle. Yeah. And he's so like we have I told him this on the interview. I was like, we have nothing in common, but we have everything in common. Mm-hmm. Because not that I'm all trying to like compare myself to him, but his style and his, I would guess, like business practices are so similar to the car mom where like we just do it our way. And yeah. we have what, Elizabeth? A take. We have takes. Yeah. And like, just like I hope like the car mom can't be replicated because I think so much of our tours is our information and my personality. Like I feel the same way about his. Yes. And so we already recorded the interview and I'm just like on such a high from it. It was, he is so nice. So he down to so earth. so kind. He's so down to earth. Like you would have no idea the incredible success that he has had on youtube and in his career um it was like that that was so cool no it was so cool and he said he was a fan of mine yeah kelly's freaking out (laughs) (laughs) so without and this is just the best part about having a podcast yes and this is this is the you said this before but when you have a podcast start a podcast you can you can get people to talk to you like we, we would never have a 40 you would never have a 45 minute long conversation with no, Doug because Jamiro like because like you without, know without without saying will you come on my podcast but come on my podcast and i treat my podcast just like i treat like talking on like to you like it's just i literally just ask the questions i wanted to ask well yeah and doug basically got a full consultation um with kelly yeah on what car like to iconic. get next <laughs> it was so iconic okay it was fun let's get into it our interview with doug Jamiro on the carpool milestone moment let's go Doug DeMiro. I can't believe I just said that out loud. (laughs) Welcome to the Carpool Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Guys, this is proof that you can just shoot your shot. And sometimes an Instagram DM, you just you just have to throw it out there and see what sticks. Never in my wild. If if I would have known you would have said yes, I would have like checked for spelling errors. (laughs) I just like threw it out there. And sure enough, you were so generous to come on the Carpool Podcast, which I think is like a Big step for women in auto. Huge. You know what I mean? Like, this is really big for us. This is one of the biggest interviews we've ever, probably the you, biggest that's interview not, we've ever You had. don't need me to validate you. You kill it all by yourself. Well, You're killing it. Well, thank I love you. Your, I love your Instagram so much. I think, I think my big thing with cars was like, let's do the buttons and the switches. And that really worked. And your big thing with cars is like, how do they work for a family? And like, I think that super targeted stuff like that is just the most interesting content that is exists i'm 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 super into it thank that's so kind i love a niche and i think more people who are in cars should should drill down i think they're scared because they think they're gonna like uh 
you know, shut off an audience, but like you're obviously not a mom and you enjoy my content. I obviously don't even know how to drive a stick shift and I enjoy your content. So like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Okay. If you don't know who Doug DeMuro is, um, it's probably because you're so busy watching our tours. But if you get tired of my voice, Doug is the biggest car reviewer in the world. I mean, it's no, yeah. I, I think that's, I think, I mean, I think it's Doug and Supercar Blondie. Am I right? Me and Supercar Blondie. I, I like to say I'm the biggest in the U.S. It depends how you define it. I don't know. It doesn't, but I'm, it's big. It's gotten big. Yes. There's no doubt about that. And Doug has, Doug has like almost 5 million subscribers on YouTube. So yeah, he's, wow. he's got it going on. And he's just also the original. I mean, ba- you're one of the originals. Yeah. I mean, I started doing this in 13. Um, when did you start? 20. Wow. You're proof that it can still be done. You know, I have people come up to me and say, well, you got lucky because in that time in 13, 14, you could be successful still, but now it's so saturated. It's not there's possible. A lo- there's not true. definitely a lot more competition. Um, yes. And Doug, I have to tell you, when I first got started, I was like, so I was like, oh, I'm never going to get there. Like, I'm never going to get good at it. And my husband was like, well, you're comparing your beginning to other people's middles. He's like, let's go watch a dog's first video. And that's what we did. <laughs> And, and it wasn't very good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, but nope. I was like, okay, I can see. Like, if that's where he started, like, that's where I'm starting, and like, it'll be fine. So I have yep. to tell you, your first few videos, wow. Oh, the first two years. I mean, we're just. It's. It's. I'm sure you had the same thing. You find your format. You find the audience mm-hmm. and what your audience likes. And I think that was like the biggest thing. Was just like okay, this didn't work. We try again. This did work. So maybe we do more of that. And that's just how you become successful doing it. People always ask me for tips and that's the tip. It's just like, try, try, try. And if you fail, then try another thing and then start trying to see what works. Mm -hmm. I also think your content, and you guys have to go watch some of his tours because the thing about Doug is it can't be replicated. Like so much of your personality is in the tours that, you know, some other reviewers, it's, it's not just about the information. It's about you because as I'm, as you know, like you don't do fancy camera angles. Don't you film everything on an iPhone or most of it on an yeah, iPhone? Yeah, uh, pretty much an iPhone and like a regular handheld camcorder. Yeah. So it's <laughs> not like what makes his reviews so captivating is his personality. And that sometimes you're just like, yeah, you just don't have it. And they're incredibly in-depth. So, so you do write your scripts, like you write the whole script out. No, no, I can't trust the car owners to have any concept of, because the thing about my videos is I do like these quirks and, and often you'll, you'll, you'll go to see a car and the owner won't, the owner's had the car for so long that he doesn't realize mm. what's quirky about it. And you'll be like, wow, that's weird. And I'll be like, yeah, I guess that is weird. I haven't thought about it. So you can't really script, script mm. it beforehand because it's hard to know exactly what you're going to encounter until you get there. Totally. So I actually spend the first, when I, when I arrive at a car, I spend the first like 90 minutes kind of going over the car, like, and then writing a shot list basically on my phone. Um, and that's the, that serves as the script then, but I don't do it before I get there. Just the intro and the outro. I do that before I, before I arrive. So what would you like, and that's Doug's big thing. It's quirks and features. And it's like, it's my favorite part of the tours. It's such a good idea. Um, (laughs) and I just want to say Doug also does every type of car, like the car mom, we stick to the mom cars. Doug will do a minivan and he will do a Lamborghini. Like he will do anything. But Doug, I've got a question. Where's the Atlas tour? Where's the Atlas tour? I, I think we have different opinions about the Atlas. Well, how would it, I know? Because you've never done a tour. <laughs> I think the Atlas is, is is not the car that I would buy. Let me just put it that way. To put it charitably towards our friends at the Volkswagen <laughs> Group. Tell us why. 
because the tech is not good and the interior is not good and the design is old and it's the fuel economy is mediocre and I'm just so off the atlas. It is just not. Now, everybody buys it because it's the relatively cheap three row. And that is like a big, big, big selling point. You can go to Volkswagen, you can get them to sell it to you three ninety nine a month, but that's because it's not good. Yeah, and because the, the car mom loves it. So, um, And because the car mom has recommended I... it. I would say I am not disagreeing with your points, but I think you're missing what she has to offer. And it's one of I mean, for the mom who needs the three car seats and who needs the trunk space and who like it's big, it's big, it's big yep. and it's affordable. It's big for the price point. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, But I'd still like to see a tour if I can. Like, I mean, I just, <laughs> maybe if they refresh it, which they, they never do. They just did. For 2024. They, you not know, enough. But it like, wasn't enough. On, give me a new atlas. We're waiting here. The thing's been out for like this seven years. This is such a hot take. This is such a hot take, but we <laughs> it love is it. a hot take, especially because if you look at sales figures, I'm wrong, and you're right. the The market agrees with you, but I. <laughs> but that's another thing we love about Doug is he has a take. True. We always right. say we need more people with takes. What has been like some very? I mean, besides this one, I mean, have you gotten some hate for some of your takes before? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where there are times where I have to kind of retreat a little bit, you know, because yeah. there's so much vitriol. Tesla is the biggest. You probably get this, too. Yeah. Like, it's just anything you post. I have named I named the Model 3 Performance my car of the year when it came out. I think it was 19. I was obsessed with the Plaid. I still am. It's insane. But there's no amount of good that you can say about Tesla that it will satisfy the people on Twitter. And so the Cybertruck, as we all know, is a heinous thing. It's ridiculous. It's heinous, yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. Like I, I saw one yesterday on the road and it's like wild, but like it's a heinous, ridiculous, absurd thing that is a lot of flaws. But if you say anything like that, oh my, the hate, (laughs) the vitriol and it's little stuff. Tesla people will get on me about the littlest stuff and it's just like. And do you find that that people like, like you're some of your super fans because do they ever like point out your contradictions? Because when you review cars for as long as you've done, like yeah. you're also, your opinion might change. Like I'm not convinced that you're not going to love the Atlas this time next year. So like <laughs> if your opinion changes, like is, do people just come out of the woodwork and be like, you said that three years ago. Yeah. You said this about this car. Now you're saying it about this car. I often, sometimes I'll post, I think I've made three different videos entitled the, I've been doing this 10 years entitled the such and such Porsche Cayenne is the best Cayenne yet. And people get mad about that, but it's like, actually, yeah, it can be true. It, it's, it's been 10 years I've been reviewing these cars. You know, the, the first one I reviewed better. was the best car in the end, and then six years later, they came out with another one. <laughs> yeah. But people people don't, there's, a, there's also an unbelievable focus on speech. If you say the wrong thing even a little bit, mm-hmm. boy, can it become incredibly angry yeah uh very quickly and that's that's hard for me i try to be really cautious about that but it's hard 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 like little word choice things can have a huge mm. impact in your comment section yeah I, I feel like people are just waiting for you to slip up like constantly yeah. on social media yeah i used to say center council instead of center console <laughs> oh. and i had to stop because of the cyber bully <laughs> i was like okay it's console. yeah no they're Little stuff like that, you have to get the words right. And sometimes I'll do a perfect take, but I said gauge cluster instead of yeah. center con- or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you got to do it again because you know that a third of the comments, yeah. a, a full third of, and, and emails, because I have my email address in every video. What a mistake that was. I know. What's and then that I get emails from people. Hey, man, you didn't add these numbers correctly. You know, it's, you know <laughs> we always just think, you know, when one third of your comments are going to be pointing out the one thing you did wrong, it's engagement. You know, yeah. it's engagement. It's engagement. So it's go, It's all going to work out. OK, so one of right. the reasons I really wanted to have Doug on the podcast is because um, Doug is a dad. 
which isn't necessarily a pillar of your content, but it's obviously a huge pillar of mine. And I would love to hear from your perspective, like when you, you know, brought the first baby home, how did you start to look at the cars differently? What surprises did you have? Were there any cars that just like weren't going to work anymore? Yeah. Um, everything changed. Everything changes for everybody. This is the most annoying thing when you have a kid. Everybody tells you, you know, everything's <laughs> going to change. And it's like, God, please, I can't hear that again. And then when we were about to have a second, everybody's like, you know, two is a lot harder than one. It's not just two, it's four. And it's like, please, I can't hear this again. But, um, but everything did change. And cars is a big factor. You know, the, the most interesting thing that changed was not the cars that we transport the kids in. It's the cars that we don't. Um, we became a lot more focused on safety after we had kids in a way that I don't think we expected. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't, my wife and I, it didn't hit us that we were going to become more safety focused. Um, until we had kids and then you have this concept of uh, my kids can't grow up without a mom or a dad or whatever. And, and that would be really sad. And so like, I have this old truck, this old Land Rover, which is actually sitting right here that I've like loved for years. And we've, we, we've, it's been our like best friend. We've driven it everywhere. It's not safe. It doesn't have anti brakes, doesn't have airbags, doesn't have crumple zones, it's designed in the fifties and we're selling it. And, um, because it's just not a realistic thing. And I think that that was like the biggest change for us is like how we started to approach um, vehicle safety and like the way we exist in cars, the fun cars, the old cars. I don't do as much as I used to. It's, I think there will be a time when I start doing that again, but when I have a toddler and an infant, it's not the time I want to be taking risks like that. And that was definitely like the biggest difference. That's such a great answer. And I, I agree. I think not, not the thing, not the first reaction you'd have. The, the world becomes so much scarier when you have a baby, like immediately. Yeah. 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 It's like kind of a scary place. It wasn't something we planned on either. And it's not like we're weird safety conscious people. Yeah. Like some people can be very, but it, it definitely like, it just feels different. It totally. just mentally feels different. So what about, um, what are the family cars? My, I have a uh, Mercedes Benz E450 all terrain, which is the regular Mercedes Benz station wagon. That's so um, fun. And it's great. It's got a third rear-facing no. third-row seat. It's the last car that has a rear-facing third-row. That's so cool. You, you remember as a kid, you'd sit back there oh, and yeah. wave to people behind Yeah, them. that's so cool. <laughs> and um, and then my, I, we're getting, I think, now a uh, Toyota Sequoia, which I am curious what your opinions on that vehicle are, because most people's are not positive. Um, the Sequo- so the Sequoia, it's not, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Here's the problem. And I'm sure you're starting to pay attention to this, but like you need for car seats, you need some hardware. You can't that hardware, the lower anchors and the tether anchor, it can't cost more than 30 cents. Like it's just it can't be that expensive. And when the manufacturers don't put them in all seating positions, it just really frustrates me. The Sequoia is specifically annoying. And I know you have the two kids, so you'll be fine with just putting them in the captain's chairs. But the third row of the Sequoia only has one tether anchor, which you need for is your your is your oldest even forward facing yet? No. So when you when they're forward facing, they need the tether anchor. Need it. The Sequoia only puts one. This is a cork. They only put one in the third row and they put it in the middle seat. Which means you can't see which means you can't see anything. You can't put down a portion of the third row. The third row art the trunk space is already moronic in that vehicle. (laughs) The third row doesn't even lay flat. So like also I don't think like I don't think it's great to put a stroller in there. Like it's just It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard a great to get a choice though. We for tried. You. <laughs> yeah, here's the problem. Kelly, here's the problem. You tell me what to get. I needed a car. We haven't bought it yet, but I negotiated a deal today <laughs> to buy it. So you can still intervene. I needed a car 
that can carry as many people as possible and also off-road, which I do in, in the summer. I off-road like every single day, basically, with oh our family. That's so and cool. it needs to have self-driving or at least as good of a driver assist technology as possibly exists. The only thing I was able to identify that did all of that were the Sequoia, the Grand Cherokee, and the Grand Wagoneer. And the Grand Wagoneer has its own issues. I, I didn't yeah, want to go down I, that I, don't, I don't like that one as much. And so then the Grand Cherokee came to be. But that every, every report I read about the Grand Cherokee is that someone bought it and on their way home from the dealership, the entire engine fell out of the car and, mm -hmm. and the technology stopped working. And, and uh, by the way, it, it doesn't have wheels. <laughs> That's yeah, like no, there's, there's definitely, yeah. Uh, I don't think the Sequoia, don't you have a Defender? I got rid of it. Oh, the Defender. It didn't have a third row anyway, but I got rid of it. it the self-drive, the driver assist and the Defender sucks. It's not oh, good okay. enough. I need something that can like literally drive for me while I sit there. Okay, I think That's the Sequoia, if, if you want people, I think yeah. the Sequoia is checking boxes for the third row. Right. It's just like not a third row for car seats. So it's also, what's also hard about that is like, if it's eventually like, oh, eventually, like, we'll, you know, we'll move the kids to the third row. No, you can't. So it's like your kids can only be in those first two seats. So that what, just might limit did, it. What okay. did we do in the days before car seats needed tethers? Um, they didn't do them. Well, is that true? So I can't put any car seats in the third yeah, row of the Sequoia at all? Only in the middle seat. And the middle seat's very narrow. So only certain seats. It's like when you really start to dive into it, you're like, why like what is wrong with that it's like oh, the hyundai palisade and the is a in kia telluride another example they only put tether anchors on one of the outboard seats so like you can't fit four car seats in that car in, in any combination like it's ju it just really? you just start to be like what mm -hmm. well, so it's it's it just it's really hard for bigger families or for wait this is really good information because i actually end up needing to take a lot of kids in this car in the summer what, what do i do then what do people do i think you need to get a ford expedition I think they you're not going to like that answer. I can't. That, that Timberline Expedition is like tires and marketing. <laughs> um, well, then let's go back to the Grand Wagoneer. Oh, God. Can't drive around in that. It's you ridiculous. Know, it would be like it's got so the awkward. giant engines and it looks absurd. I can't drive that car. I mean, what about... Plus, it's going to lose an enormous amount of value tremendously quickly. But if it's your Grand Wagoneer, I feel like it would hold its value well. Do people like knowing that they're buying your cars? Yeah, that happens sometimes, <laughs> I guess. But oh, it's going to depreciate like crazy. It'll probably still have all the reliability issues that the um, Grand Cherokee has. And I just, it's so inefficient. Not that the Sequoia is much better. The Grand Wagoneer has tethers on all the, on all the third row seats. Mm -hmm. The Grand Wagoneer is excellent for car seats. Um, Ugh. But it's, do you agree it's ugly? Yeah, I think it looks like a, with the rounded windows, I say it looks like a school bus. It looks like a school bus. That is exactly what it looks <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. What about, so I just want to know, like, I mean, it can't off-road, but like if you had to buy a minivan, like what? Oh, what's, I would love a minivan. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's your favorite one? Which one would you buy? Oh, the Sienna. I recommend everybody the Sienna. The Sienna is the best in my opinion. It's it's excellent. Um, right. It's all the great tech. It's a hybrid standard now. The fuel economy alone offsets It's excellent. The, yeah. It, it's just so, so, so good. The problem that I've been running into in recommending the Sienna to people is they can't find them. I know. And so I have all my friends, I say, you got to get a Sienna and I sell them on it. Here are all the benefits of it. And then they go looking and there's like, I had a buddy who tried to buy one in Georgia. He said there was one in the whole state that oh either wanted gosh. 10 over and you could get an Odyssey at sticker. And he was like, I'm just, you know. Yeah. What so is did. with Toyota? Why can't they get the cars on the road? It's kind of crazy. What is with Toyota? 
It's like still. Why does that happen? I don't know. They're putting all the eggs in the sequoia and they can't even do the tether workers. <laughs> no, there's no like... sequoias either. I'm paying Stover for that too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I would love to hear. So I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to think about what you should get. There's no good answer. I can't believe the car seat thing. That's crazy. So if I don't have a tether on the car seat, I cannot get a car seat. We are not rear forward facing. So this is going to be a problem that I'm going to... Yeah, rear facing, you're fine. People did nothing. They just didn't have car seats. What about the 90s? They didn't have tethers on those car seats, did they? No, they didn't. And I mean, that's like, that's like the, you know, the age long, like, well, back in my day, we held each other. Like, I held the kids on the floorboard. So, you you know, I mean, yeah, you can go back and forth with it. But like, best practice, they need a tether anchor. Um, About, you're not alone because like about 60% of parents don't have their car seats installed correctly. And most of it is the tether anchor situation. But yeah, when you start like really, like, this is one of the craziest stats, I think. General Motors, GM, their cars. One thing that they don't do that's insane to me is they don't put head restraints in their middle seats. And then like, so it's still, still. So the (laughs) Traverse and the Equinox now will have them. But like, I just went to the, um, where we go, the Suburban and Tahoe Mm -hmm. redesign, which was like the lamest redesign I've ever seen. I get in there and they don't have, they're like, it's a family vehicle. It's so nice and safe. I'm like, well, who's sitting in this middle seat without a head restraint? My eight-year-old? What are you talking about? Like, this isn't safe. It's wow. crazy. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, General Motors in general has so many misses that, you know, it's the most bizarre company in the world. Some great shining bright spots and then some just disastrous totally. situations. Oh my gosh. Today's episode is brought to you by Caraway Home. If you haven't already, it's time to start dropping hints that you want a Caraway cookware set for Valentine's Day. These beautiful pots and pans are the perfect aesthetically pleasing addition to your kitchen. Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is a staple for any home and comes in various modern shades to fit with any design aesthetic. Plus, all sets come equipped with a complimentary easy access storage solutions to keep your kitchen tidy, which actually might be my favorite part about the Caraway set. My Pots and Pans Captain has never been more organized or looked better. And just when you think it can't get any better, Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like PFAS, PTFE, PFOA, or other hard to pronounce chemicals. Visit carawayhome.com slash carpool to take advantage of this limited time offer for up to 20% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners and won't last long. So visit carawayhome.com slash carpool. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said probably, but boy, would I have been wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Luckily, Rocket Money helped me take control of my spending, and now I know exactly how much I'm spending a month and where my money is going. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash carpool. That's rocketmoney.com slash carpool. Rocketmoney.com slash carpool. All right. Well, before we we can move on from the cars because we're going to get your just the drive through and we're going to wrap this up. But I just would love to hear like, Let's talk about some of your favorite quirks and some of the mom cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll go first. Honda Odyssey tailgate mode. 
Do you know what that is? The Honda Odyssey tailgate mode. It, what does it do? Does it like put power to the back or something? The so you third can... row, the third row. So like, you know how the third row seats collapse into the trunk? Doug, you're going to love this. So you can, oh my gosh, you're going to love this. <laughs> so you can uh, fold the third row seats like half back. So they're basically like then facing out the trunk and then you can sit in them and watch your kid's soccer game. Interesting. That it's is a great mode. feature. It's a great feature. The Honda you Odyssey know, on, has the party tricks. It really does. On the subject of that, the the, the cabin talk thing where you can amplify mm. your voice to the back is a really cool idea. Um, and the camera system is a pretty cool idea too. I think functionally it's not the best in any of the cars that have it, but like it it will be. Like you'll, you could see a world in which there are like actual high quality cameras totally. kind of facing mm-hmm. the each seat. That's like in like the really Wagoneer. Useful. In the Grand Wagoneer. They have it. Yeah, Point Wagoneer. <laughs> Point Wagoneer. Point Wagoneer. <laughs> God, look at it. It's so, I don't mind. Ridiculous. I don't mind the look of it at all. It gets four miles per gallon. It does get it four miles like per that. gallon, and it'll stop working after after the warranty. Um, yeah. What about like oh. so? Some really. Hot, let me tell you some of like the hot cars we like here. Like I'm not going to bring up the A word, but like we love the Palisade. Do you like the Palisade? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, Telluride, Grand Highlander, Lexus TX, Pathfinder. Those are some like those are kind of like our yeah. Like, the Pathfinder is a dark horse. No one thinks about it because no one thinks about Nissan in general because Nissan mostly builds trash cars. But the Pathfinder is actually pretty good. I recommend them to everybody, and no one buys them. It's so underrated. <laughs> no one, people are like, no, I'm not going to get a Pathfinder. I'm not going to go to get so a Nissan. It's so underrated. We love yeah. The Pathfinder. yeah. I'm driving a Pathfinder right now. I love it. Love it. So fun. Yeah, it's it is like a surprisingly excellent vehicle considering that it's a Nissan. I don't yeah, know how they that. managed to make one. <laughs> um, no, I like all those cars. The Palisade and the Telluride have, of course, exploded in excitement and popularity, and everybody wants to get into one of those um, in like a weird way. I think a lot of it is marketing, but they've been really, really popular. Um, the Highland, the Grand Highlander, and the TX—they're acceptable, I guess. Yeah, I would, I, w- I would just get a a, a um, Palisade or a Telluride. Um, what else do I like? There, I feel like there's one more three-row that I really like. I mean, Vans, I recommend Vans to everybody. The, the Pacifica I also love, but everybody complains about reliability. It's the same problem yeah. with the with the Jeeps. Yeah. I have friends who have them and they just, oh man, this, this horror story is yeah. wild. To the point where they don't really even feel safe taking like the family no, on a like, trip. Stellantis is like not doing well. I'm kind of worried about right. them. I'm kind of worried. My dad was just right. telling me today that in Florida, uh, the Florida Ram trucks have a 500 day supply. Oh. Like, what? Oh. Man, maybe that Jeep is the right decision. I can yeah. probably get 15 you grand off. You could get an insane deal. On a wagon here, I can probably get 40 grand off. Yeah, you probably could. I think you should consider it. I really... No. Well, I think you need to take a long, hard look at the Toyota Sienna, Toyota Sequoia trunk. Have you, like, looked at the trunk, like, really? Poorly? Yeah, I, I got one as a press car for a week just to mess with. And, and actually, the trunk, I don't have the same problem with the trunk that everybody else does. I was able to get my car seat folded up with a baby bassinet seat and my regular car seat sitter seat area all behind the third row. I was able to like get it all back there. It's really not that bad. I, the, the, the tether thing is interesting. Could I take the tether? Okay, here's an idea. <laughs> Could I take the tether from the car seat and put it on the middle one and then take the other tether from the other side car seat and put it on the middle one? I mean, here's the thing. No, no per the <laughs> owner's manual. But what's so interesting about that is most trucks do that like an f-150 will be like oh no just like route it through the middle 
so I don't know why it's like allowed there, but it's not allowed in the Sequoia. Well, when you, when you say allowed, like it, they say don't, but like. I mean, unfortunately, like, the Carsey community is so black and white and it's like there, there, there's you're, you're not allowed to be gray. Like it's like, no, you can't. Right. Right. And you can't. But I think you could be strategic. Like, I mean, you can put rear facing car seats back there. My, my biggest problem with the Sequoia is one of them is. Yeah, you can have more trunk space if you move that third row up, but then like you can't have an adult in the third row then because then like you ate into all their leg room. It's in the second row isn't on tracks, which is crazy because like your second row is set, but your third row takes in your trunk space. Then if you can move the second row up, it's yeah. just like not. There are some bad decisions. However, it has camo seats. And so, so I got... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's the worst part of the whole car, actually. It's yeah, been the hardest selling point to my wife. I mean, I'm um, sure, you know, people buy cars for all sorts of reasons. And like, it's, I don't think it's a bad car. And I think your needs are very specific. Yeah. My needs are too specific. That's mm -hmm. the problem. I need to off-road. No one off-roads anymore. No, That's and Doug, like here's, what we, here's what I, here's what we always talk about. I find it's, and you are obviously an outlier, but I always find it so frustrating when like I get these like press kits or go to these events and they're like, oh, look, it can off-road. And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> shut up. First of all, it's a Kia Telluride. Yeah, no, it's a Honda Pilot. Okay. Yeah. Like, I need to know about, like, gut take. And then people, like, laugh at my content sometimes. So they're like, all you care about is taking it to Target or the pickup line. It's like, well, that sells, babe. No one. That's exactly right. Those are the people get, who are buying it. That's exactly right. I get crap from people because I don't take the, the sports cars on the racetrack. And it's like, nobody takes these things on the racetrack. Right. They want, but, it, but, but it's the same reason that, that, they 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 market that because it's the same reason that people buy those forerunner TRD pros and whatever. They want to feel like they can do. I mean, that's how Land Rover's been so successful. Nobody actually takes those anywhere, but they they yeah, test them and there's this amazing capability. They want to feel if if there's a flood in their community that they're gonna be safe and their kids are gonna be safe. Like that's that is a huge, huge the one trip a year, hey, we took it on a dirt road. I See? Know. See, I'm like, aren't you glad we got the pro? It's like, I mean, your Camry probably could have made it too, but like, sure. Like, I'm glad you had that. Yeah, it's it just gets frustrating when I feel like they're not creating, like what I would consider my cars, like the cars that my audience is driving. Like, it, it sometimes it feels like the moms are actually the last people they think of because yeah. they focus on some of their things. Well, Although it really, it was really like that before. Do you ever, you only review newer cars, but man, I did a Suburban like a year ago, like a 96 Suburban, the car that probably we all of us so kind of grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how trash that car, like I can't believe there was a time when families, I mean, the the, the seats have to be physically removed. Like they they weigh like 100 pounds. No, that's <laughs> insane. That is, I need to try to find some vintage Yeah, cars. that would be actually so cool. Like a really, like a really old minivan. It will, it will make you appreciate every fault of all the modern cars. You'll be like, wow, these modern cars really haven't thought out. Because I got in that Suburban and I was thinking to myself, I cannot believe we ever accepted this. And not only mm. did we accept it, when I was a kid, that was the car. Like everybody was so, oh, I got a Suburban. My mom's got a Suburban. And I, lo I look at it now and I'm like, this is horribly that's thought out. so interesting. And it was well thought out compared to what came before it. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's such a good point. Okay, so fine. I'll give him a little credit. I get it. Well... Do you have anything else? Uh, I just want Doug to know that we did recently release a Grand Wagoneer tour on our YouTube channel. So if you do need to head over there and uh, yeah, get get the feedback. Did you talk about how ugly it is? Yeah, we she, said it looks like a school bus. She said it looked like a school bus, yes. But you know what else? Here's what I have to... Here's what I tell people when I do consultations, Doug. It's not your time, okay? 
it's the kids time so like in a couple years come back to me and then we'll talk about all the things that you like but right now but what about the what about the future kids who will be just who will not even have an earth to inherit because i'm getting six miles per gallon driving around <laughs> a car that is literally the size of my neighborhood yeah i make fun of my neighbors when they get like yukon xls i'm like you don't need that and now i'm gonna be driving around a grand wagon well, i think if you came to like missouri you'd feel a lot more like amongst your oh, yeah. ears because like we have the like i'm driving an expedition max like i we're, we're all in those cars here but yeah out in california like you're the earth hater for that car so i get that <laughs> right like it's not those every are... one of my every one of the sequoias that i'm looking at because they're only available used is um in texas every single one without exception really? it's impossible to find them anywhere else huh what's your take on like the ev world i think that the future is the writing is on the wall like i haven't i haven't owned one i haven't i don't have a plan immediately to own one but um i'm building a new garage at my house like an addition to my house and we're putting in chargers like it's clear mm, yeah you know where it's going to go have you driven the ev9 yet yeah we just did what'd you think i found it i think it's good i don't know if it's like the mass market answer for people i mean the one we tested was 70 grand i would buy a volvo yeah. xc90 recharge used way before i'd buy that so i don't yeah. know i'm getting a rivian r1s as a press car in two weeks and i'm very excited for that it, the Rivian is everyone, every one of my neighbors. It's become like the, the obsession of Southern California. Really? So they're cool. They're, I mean, they can do everything. It's as fast as a supercar. It's as off-road capable well, as a Well, what about that then it's, for you? What's that? What about that car? Oh, well, there's another problem, which is that every summer I drive across country. That's right. And I, I do know, it in two I did, days. I did know that. You go to the <laughs> East Coast every summer. Yeah. And so you that could also it. takes you a could, factor. You could I don't really want to spend it. an extra day on the road charging. You could tow it with the Wagoneer. <laughs> you know what we need is that here's what i'll do i'll drive to missouri and you can have an extra rivian r1s waiting for me oh, that's and then perfect. we can just that's perfect. it can be fully charged yeah, right, stop right, stop right in the middle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um i've been back and forth with evs i i mean up until like two up until probably like 18 months ago they used to have to bed them to my house because there wasn't enough chargers <laughs> so i just think like people forget that sometimes <laughs> like that's missouri for you um but now we have a charger like 30 miles away so now we're okay um right. i don't know i don't think there's totally an answer yet i don't think they're very like family friendly yet i would still like love to see some more like plug-in hybrids before but and it just makes me crazy when like you know they can give me like a ford lightning or like a gmc hummer but like my <laughs> expedition can't be a hybrid so it's like do you really care yeah. like and families are in like i'm in the least fuel efficient vehicle out there so like you should come after like if you really want to like make a difference like come after me like come after the full size and just make them a hybrid yeah and then if like you do the math and we would be better off but instead they're like hold on this one crab walks though so that's yeah pretty, like, that's, that's, that's pretty point cool. that i mean they're trying to do that with the lightning that was like the point right mm -hmm. of the lightning is to try to take away the pickup buyers but you're you're right. Like they haven't, there's no good three row. I mean, that EV9 is the first one. The yeah. other ones mm -hmm. are incredibly expensive. I mean, the Model X and stuff, it's not realistic for almost yeah. anybody. So we'll see. I mean, we, two EV9s hit the, we have a Kia store and two EV9s hit the lot and they're both still there. So I really? mean, that's just, and like, you know, every other, we're, Kia was used to like having like Telluride pre-sold for 13 months. So yep. like, I think they were kind of hoping that would have some of that momentum and it didn't, but I don't know.
It, what did you it also it? it also is a minivan, even though it's kind of pitched as an SUV. Like if you really drive it and like feel it and like look at it, it's like kind of it's low to the ground, it's wide, it's the, yeah. the doors are big. Like it's kind of actually a minivan. They just styled it in a certain way. You're totally um, right. I'm surprised that the EV9s are still on the ground. If those if you were in California, those things would have been sold. Yeah, pre-sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I agree with you. I think it probably is in the way of the future. I think we still have a ways off though. I'm I'm an, I'm a weird outlier because I do this cross country drive, but I will say that's a big factor for me in buying a car, and it's the main thing that's held me off from buying a an EV yet. Um, and and I just don't want to add an extra day to my life doing that trip twice Especially twice a year with kids. I go one way and then the yeah. other back. It's it's not. I'm not doing it. No. And so that's a compromise that it's it's unfortunate that you have to make yeah and i think people aren't going to truly accept evs and truly truly like at the widespread range that gas cars are accepted until there is not a compromise yeah no i i I definitely agree i'm kind of with you like we're about to move and i'm probably going to get a charger installed but i would just i just don't know why we just can't do more plug-in hybrids and i was i read this study that said the amount of materials it takes to build one EV, we could build six plug-in hybrids. And then if they want to make the argument like the average driver drives less than 30 miles a day, well, then that means that uh, most of the time, most of their range would be completely on electric. Totally. And The plug-in hybrid thing, I t- completely agree with. I have a buddy whose mom has a Cayenne plug-in back when they made that. Maybe they still do. I don't, no one knows. They don't publicize plug-in hybrids. EVs yeah. are like mm-hmm. the thing, the top line. But he, he, she, would, she would get 1,200 miles on a tank of gas because she just... If she wasn't around town, he didn't have a lot to, you know, it was relatively small yeah. cir- circle of where she went. And so she would barely ever use the gas engine. It and ju- it was yeah. like, that's not pretty good. Yeah. No, it just feels like that's, I, I just kind of question the motives because it doesn't totally feel like they care about it as much as they just care about, I don't know, like the clickbait or like trying to sell the next well, big the, thing. The, like the, I think a big factor is the EV, the tax incentives from the federal mm-hmm. government both for consumers and like the push for the automakers. I think that the plug-in hybrids are, are virtually not incentivized, whereas electric cars are like this huge, huge, huge push from the federal government. Well, mo- most of the, I think you did get the, well, up until recently, you got the tax credit for the plug-ins. The but, tax credits though have become a complete oh, disaster now. I just looked it up for someone the other they're day. They're a disaster. It's like a wild thing. It's impossible to figure out. Well, they just like changed something and now like no, no one, basically I think, what did I say? It went down from like, 49 to like 20 cars yeah, or something. something it's crazy. insane. Yeah. And then some cars qualify for a partial rebate and now there's an income test too. So if you're under a certain dollar amount, you can't get it, but you can if you lease because the leasing company takes the deduction. It's the whole thing is just like a wild, no, it's, wild. It's, no, and no one knows. Your salesperson <laughs> no doesn't, knows. I mean, I don't know. Your salesperson doesn't know. Maybe your right. accountant knows, call them. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. Probably well, not. So last question, what's been the craziest car you've put a car seat in? Um, like what's been a fun one we have stayed with only safe and reasonable cars i don't think i've ever put a car seat in i have i take my son to school every day in my convertible mercedes g-wagon which is an absurd car no, that it's sounds like kind a, of like that's that's the answer dog like that's he's like i don't know if it's, this it's, is a good one but that's it's good. not that like it's a 99 so it's like fairly safe it's got airbags and you know like it's not i i've been surprisingly like i have buddies who haven't think nothing of putting a car seat in a 64 mustang yeah. And I just, it's just not how we operate in this, in this world. And I have never pushed back on that. Some of my friends are like, man, you got to tell her you can, can ride in these cars. And I'm just like, no, yeah, it's not yeah, just her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really want that either. I'm good actually. Thanks though. That's a good one. I think the craziest car 
I, I'm with you. I mean, I don't do a lot of pre-owned cars, but I have put cars. So my dad's a big BMW guy. They own a BMW store. So I've put car seats in all the coupe convertibly M BMWs that's been possible. And it's been pretty fun. Do you ever put car seats in two-seater vehicles and turn off the airbag and go through the whole thing? Do I look like the kind of girl who would do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't do that. No. Apparently, it is technically it is technically legal if you well, don't have back seats to do that as long as you can turn off the airbag and like hook it up right. It but is, I've never pursued it. It is legal. And one like crazy thing, when you become a car seat technician, they take you through like all these scenarios that are never going to happen. And one scenario is how you put like what's the safest thing to do for families who have single cab trucks and like that's been a big topic of just dis- oh, that's a big topic of discussion yeah. in the cpst community and one of the biggest things is like they would tell you if you can't turn off the airbag turn the kid forward facing like as, as really? early as possible because like that would be safer than like the airbag flipping, Hitting over, the back of the flipping seat. over their seat interesting um huh or put them in, or if possible like put them rear facing in the middle seat if you can't so yeah it's um it's all about like the whole point of like being a car seat tech is just to help families go from good, better to best. Like there's always a best case scenario, but like a lot of the car seat community on Instagram forgets that like it's a privilege to have a brand new car and a brand new car seat. So there's like right. a lot of other things we do in between right. to, you know, to help get people a little bit safer. Right. But, okay, Doug. So one really big segment on the carpool is called ditch the drive through because you're talking to a bunch of moms who like don't know what to make for dinner tonight. So what do you have an easy go-to recipe to mix it up to get you out of your dinner rut okay i thought a lot about this (laughs) i do all the cooking in our house i thought a lot about this and most of my meals are are not easy per se they're either kind of elaborate or you're like you're like a great chef aren't you no no not at all but i've gotten (laughs) kind of into it and i'm like i'm like there we also have like half our meals are Hungry Root, which is this company that comes and delivers mm-hmm. like sort of pre-made stuff that you just have to kind of do a little. It's like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So like it's either that or something something that takes a while. My easiest meal, and it is it's really, really embarrassing, um, but like it's just easy and it's good is is frozen chicken nuggets. Just heat it up and like you just do it. And they, they're so good. And honestly, I hadn't done it in years. And then my son started eating chicken nuggets. And then I started eating them off his plate and yeah. you I like have an air fryer and it just they, they taste so good and they're like they give you protein i just i'm like so into it it's like the easiest what's the brand meal. though like drop the brand drop the condiment drop the air fryer okay. give us some details because we're because we're, we're, we're doing chicken nuggets so how do we do the, it better the ones that we have are the dinosaur shaped ones <laughs> i don't know what brand they are but they're like, and and i don't sometimes i have some guilt you know about eating off the t-rex's head but like it's <laughs> wonderful <laughs> This is like that my is so favorite. Tender. This is like my favorite quick thing to do, even for myself. Now it has become quite embarrassing. No, I get it though. Like chicken nuggets are so good. Chi- the fact that I like took such such a hiatus from like you know probably me turning thirteen until twenty five. It's like that. They, those could have got me through college a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about those. You know. Right. <laughs> and they're 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 just they're simple. Obviously, you have to possess them. It's not like a true recipe in the sense that you make it from nothing. But like, oh, they're easy. They're quick. Okay. I love them. I'm so glad that my son has has turned me back on. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever like do something crazy and like chop them up and put them on a salad, or you just take them take them straight? That's an interesting idea. I hadn't considered <laughs> such a thing, but maybe I will do that. No, you get like a bag salad, 
Right. Or you you know what's even another step? Sometimes you can take a tortilla and put them in a wrap. Whoa. No, it's like kind that, of a buffalo sauce ranch, buffalo, buffalo chicken sauce, wrap. And that is a real meal. That is a great idea. Yeah. That will be my meal. That that's is the a, answer to that's that. That's Doug's director. <laughs> <laughs> it was a group project. Well, Doug, thank yeah. you so much for joining the Carpool Podcast. I'm such a thank fan. Thank you for having me. I think you're going to hopefully have a lot more mom fans after this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, let us know what you end up with car-wise. Yeah. We'll be on the edge of our seats. I'm going to get a Sequoia and I'm going to hate okay, it. Okay, well, and that's fine. You hate it and you're right and everybody hates it, but I don't think I have a great other option. I wish I had one. How many I kids just... are you going to be transporting? Okay. I have two. So every summer we have this like big trip where all of our friends come to our house on the East Coast and like we, it's like a summer camp. But now it's a summer camp because everybody has kids. It's like a summer camp so with kids. Fun. I have two kids. We have a friend with one kid. And then my best friend is having twins. So that's five. And we only have two vehicles, which is that convertible G-Wagon and then whatever else I get. Um, but I don't want to buy a massive car just for this like two-week event no, a year. No, sure, so for sure. So if I'm I trying can to make, like, keep it a little, a little here's thing. I don't want to get make, a Suburban. Here's what made me feel better. I think you should get a Sequoia with a bench. I, they, they don't sell the pro. This is the other thing. Oh, Everything God. is a mess. They don't sell the pro no, with a bench. And, and I need and the does, pro because I need the four-wheel drive no, stuff. Most manufacturers only put the bench on the lowest trim, and it's disgusting. Why is that? Because they don't, look, because they don't care about fam- They don't care about families. Yeah, well, then I don't know. Then you're fine. <laughs> then, <laughs> just put, then just put the rear-facing kids in the third row. Then, then you're fine. That's what you need right. to do. That's safe. For, and for a long time, that will be okay. Yeah. That will be fine. That will be fine. And also, yeah. like, if you need wrecks about, because the biggest thing is, like, you also have to have the right car seats. Because, like, there's slimmer car seats. There's car seats that take up a lot more room front to back. So, like, I mean, you're a tall driver. Like, you can't have, like, you know, a really long car seat in the back. You need something more compact that way. I'm so, obsessed with the car seat that we have, which is the swivel one. You, I'm sure yeah. you're aware of this one. We're, we it's love so a rotating easy. car seat. It's so easy. It's amazing. Which one do you have? Do you I, know? No, okay. I don't know, but it you, it swivels <laughs> and it's am- incredible. Well, a lot of them I, do that now. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying you have options. That's a common thing now. Yeah, it's like, it's like so two years ago, Doug. Like we all have rotating. <laughs> no, like all of our car, we all have rotating car seats now. No, but now they now they make slim ones. So like now this is insane. Listen to what I did. I had an expedition bench, three car seats, went one that swivels, and I could swivel it next to a car, oh. next to a car seat. Which one is that? It's the Even Flow Revolve Slim. That's I think that's the one I have. Okay, what good. is it? Even Flow Revolve. Revolve. But they came out with the Slim more recently. Okay. I'm writing that down. I'm gonna <laughs> go after that. Let me just go after that one. Okay, cool. This was fun. This was fun. Doug, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed riding with us, tell everybody you know. There's room in the car for everyone.